2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Week Nine Waiver Wire episode of A Good Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty filling in for Patrick Crane. Joined, as always, by Mister Wavers himself, John Dagle. We're going to be looking ahead to this four-by week, one that will be just the third without Derrick Henry since he joined the NFL in 2016. John, how are you? Are you ready to strap on your leather helmet in honor of this week's top ad? Thirty-six-year-old. Uh,
1: The waiver wire getting thinner and thinner with every passing week as we are now nearing nearly there the halfway point of the NFL season. So the waiver bids suggestions will be higher than normal, especially for one player we're about to talk about. And we will discuss why as we approach another
2: 14 by another 14 by get us a little breather. And yeah, man, some of these recurring names, like the guys who are always under 50% rostered, like it's not even worth talking. Like we got nothing left to say about Hunter Renfro. We got you know, nothing left to right. say about uh, any of these tight ends. So uh, we'll just cut right to the chase. The Titans, Derrick Henry, almost certainly out for the season. Adrian Peterson signed on Monday. Is Adrian Peterson for sure the ad over Jeremy McNichols, John? And just break, what is the new lay of the land in this Titans backfield? The simple answer is yes.
1: The Titans are averaging 28.7 running back carries per game. We do not expect that number, most likely to continue. You would hope. Since it's no longer Derrick Henry under center. Having said that, recall that Adrian Peterson still, surprisingly, I had to go back because I couldn't remember this, played 16 games last year. I remember he was in the league. I was didn't really realize 16? he was healthy for every single game with the Lions, though, rushing for seven touchdowns. But more importantly, it's the situation that AP falls into because Jeremy McNichols, now in his fifth year in the league, second with the Titans, eclipsed two carries in an entire season only once in his first four years, in an entire season, and has only received more than two carries in a one-score game just once across 25 appearances in Tennessee. And that game was only because Derrick Henry was busy rushing for 212 yards against the Texans and needed to be spelled to catch his breath between plays. So when you look at the landscape of free agent running backs remaining in both shallow and deeper league waiver wires, Boston Scott, Carlos Hyde, who we'll talk about in a second, Ty Johnson in deeper leagues, Jamichael Hastie, if Elijah Mitchell's rib injury lingers, which we don't expect it to, then Peterson, among those names, undeniably has the most longevity as a starter among all of them, barring injury. And I think that's why we're loading up as what I am dubbing a
2: James Conner-like situation. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we don't think the Titans can remain possibly as run-heavy as they have so far, but like this is a good run blocking offensive line. We know they're not going to be abandoning the run. Adrian Peterson is—he's the kind of guy who can roll out of bed and average four yards per carry. Especially again, you know, the team that's giving him some good run blocking. And I, mean, I totally agree with Adrian. Like, Adrian—it's just like it's like a bitter pill, but you got to take it. Basically, like you don't fight city hall on Adrian Peterson. You have, to, especially you know, we're getting to the halfway point of the season. There's going to be fewer guys like this coming along. And, yeah, I, I would say don't fight the bitter pill with Adrian Peterson. We have been on this
1: show, Corrine and I, so many times, and we've had Le'Veon Bell and just other washed players crop up where I have to make arguments. Josh Gordon, another one going right now on Monday Night Football. And I have to say, like, no, they're just bad pickups. The role is literally directly there for Adrian Peterson to arrive and be used as a 14 to 18 carry guy immediately and so assuming he's going to have a couple outings you know with a couple bunny touchdowns inside the five yard line because they will still run him to the ground despite what we think about him and his age 36 season like he's just basically poor man's Najee Harris who I expect to get a ton of carries.
2: So with Jeremy and McNicholas John like we're assuming some of Derrick Henry's lost touches have to go to this passing game correct and you laid it out well with jeremy mcnichols i mean this year he has three times as many catches as carries he has 21 catches to only seven carries he's been kind of stuck in like that three to four targets per week range and is there like any chance he gets that up to like five to six per week you know, maybe even seven to eight per week and becomes like kind of a viable ppr flex or is that just kind of a pipe dream with jeremy mcnichols I think PPR flex is more of a pipe dream, but also I think
1: that's its ceiling. So if he achieves it, then sure. Especially if without Derrick Henry, they become more of a pass heavy play action team. That would be all Jeremy Nichols role. And so that's how he would get there. Definitely worth a stash in deeper leagues for sure. But like if you're saying, which one do you unload fab on? You actually do want to
2: go to war, in my opinion, for Adrian Peterson. If you are struggling at running back. Which is sad, but I totally I agree. agree with you. And I also totally agree that PPR Flex is probably just McNichols' ceiling because say, he just doesn't have a running pedigree. And mm-hmm. like say Adrian Peterson's 36, say he just gets hurt his first game back, I think they're just going to keep signing running backs. And like they're not going to – it's not going to become a situation where like Jeremy McNichols probably ever really defaults into like early down duty, correct? And if they do do that, by the way, uh, and Adrian Peterson does
1: get hurt, You know, I've seen some wild pickups in FFPC this year. Nothing is off limits since running backs, as I always say, should be treated like (laughs) currency in high stakes leagues because they're just grabbed off the waiver wire. So just to let you know, if you're listening, Dontrell Hilliard is the only other running back on the available roster. He would likely be early down guy if Adrian Peterson goes down. So by all means, if you picked up Jake Funk at one point, what's stopping you from picking up Dontrell Hilliard?
2: That's a really good point. And Dontrell Hilliard, I mean, he can supposedly catch a pass or two, so... Mm -hmm. Maybe not the worst stash in the world. I mean, real quick, closing out the Titans backfield. Any worry about a trade on Tuesday for the Titans? I mean, thankfully you'll know about that before waiver wire bids are due, but any feeling whatsoever the Titans will make a trade to enhance the backfield? I don't think so, since what they have
1: done was last week bring in Deonta Foreman. So maybe they bring him in one more time as insurance just in case. But overall, just to sign Adrian Peterson, literally the moment he visited Tennessee, I would think like this, they're done. And this is what they're going to be sticking with. Having said that, I will say tomorrow is going to be unique. And that the waiver icon will be out in the morning. And then you should expect a massive update. We usually get a big update at night, but expect like a very large one, because we probably will see a couple of veterans floating throughout the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. I believe the time is. Also, we are trying something new. I'll use this segment really quick to tell you that overnight, so when you wake up, I will have the top portion, the rankings and the drop list, the contingency top 10 up on the site, and then the blurbs and all the details you may or may not love to read that you control (laughs) F. I don't care what you do. Uh, It'll be up then before your lunch. That way you can sneak off, even though you probably don't go into the office anymore. Read it and then the massive update tonight. So it's a three-part plan now,
2: and I'm hoping that appeases everyone to get them off my back. I think that it will. And yeah, I'm hoping we get some moving and shaking on this trade. It, it feels like we're actually going to get some skill players traded this year. And I, I'm just going to close out the segment by saying it was inevitable we were going to have some Adrian Peterson talk on the waiver Wire show. Uh, I'm just happy I was the one here for it, for Mr. Crane, that I got to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Adrian Peterson. John, uh, where are we headed next? Is it a backfield? It is one more backfield. Uh, James Robinson sounds like he escaped
1: too serious of an injury after he reportedly bruised his heel. Not an ankle injury, a bruised heel, and it's considered day-to-day. And so that's why Adrian Peterson is also very important because, one, it's Carlos Hyde. But two, it sounds like James Robinson is just at least going to be questionable every week until he's ready to go again. And we saw after Robinson exit after eight snaps on Sunday, Carlos I did play a season high, sixty-six percent of the team snaps, nine to fifteen running back carries, eight of eleven running back targets, and a nearly a fifteen percent target share. And that was with Darius Ibubwale active as the team's pass catching back. So we expect Hyde, if Robinson's out, to handle a majority of touches now. It is an absolutely dreadful matchup against I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, it's this as bad as it gets. This is literally the, the perfect example of hey, there are four teams on bye. I need to fill a bye week. Here is Carlos Hyde. Plug him in and hope for the best because the Bills, it's gonna be rough out there
2: for Hyde. It was and I'm gonna read one of your own tweets. It was at least plug and play with Carlos Hyde yesterday. It was season high 66% of the snaps again. Mm-hmm. This is stolen from the John Dagle headlines. 9 of 15 running back carries, 15 of 23 backfield touches, 8 of the Jags' 11 backfield targets, almost a 15% target share. So it was plug and play. You said that was even with Dara Agumboale active, correct? Correct, yes. And that's pretty
1: much who was going to be active for them. Uh, I imagine they would only have two backs active in that instance. They did
2: reunite with old friend Divine Azigbo on Monday. They claimed him off waivers from the Saints. I mean, and Urban Meyer, I guess you never really know. It wouldn't be very that. Urban Meyer just all of a sudden this is the week we get some like offensive weapon LaVisca Chenault action after we've all kind of given up on him. But uh, maybe uh, that actually transitions. I that's a pivot to the next guy. I bo- I kind of accidentally created a pivot and then botched the too good of a pivot. But who is the next guy on the waiver wire list, John? Well, what we saw even
1: in returning from their bye week. So they have 14 days to get right and change up the game plan. And what they did was run Dan Arnold for the second most routes on the team and a Jamal Agnew for the third most routes on the team, second most among their wide receivers. They are very clearly instilling Arnold and Agnew as two key pieces in their offense, whether we want it or not. Carlos Hyde actually ran more routes than the LaVisca Chenault on Sunday and so, uh, that is, what,
2: that, that, what, I didn't what, need to hear that. <laughs> and now
1: in three full games, the Jaguars have played without DJ shark this year. It is actually Jamal Agnew who leads the team in targets in target share among their entire offense. So overall, it just very much seems like a uh, LaVisca Chenault will have to do a ton more so than he's already doing to gain favor with Meyer. And so Agnew, while, you know, converted cornerback kick returner, uh, I don't know what his ceiling is, if he even exists. But when you look up and see 12 targets and team highs and target share, you become interested no matter
2: what. And so I still think he's a good 12 team deep league option. And you become interested because like you said, you know, whether it's like projecting too much or not, like when a team goes into its buy, we expect adjustments coming out of the buy. Mm-hmm. And the Jags talked up Jamal Agnew during their buy. He had six targets the game before the buy. And the week after the buy, he doubles that to 12. So if they were talking the talk. They definitely walked the walk with Jamal Agnew. And like we don't have to like it, but, you know, the 12 targets was a product of, like, extreme negative game flow against Seattle. Like what do we think is going to happen against the Bills? So yeah, it's, Jamal Agnew is like, you can be upset that it's not LaVisca. You can be upset that it's not Marvin. You can be upset there's not any actual good player, but it's Jamal Agnew.
1: And, and so much so for Dan Arnold as well that they healthy scratched Jacob Hollister and just said, we're only going with like Manhurts, a blocking tight end, the rookie Luke Farrell, and then Arnold, who as expected after the bye, did see everything across the board, whether it be targets snaps or routes run, increase. This seems to be their offense for better or worse for the rest of the
2: season. And yeah, Dan Arnold, I mean, another guy we're like, they just like, telegraph that me like they love dan arnold like he, they, they got him on a short week and they got him like five or six by uh, targets immediately and, like i've only increased his workload since it's like urban is being kind of transparent about like the players that he actually likes and I, dan arnold i'm bullish on going forward too
1: he is being transparent and again we don't like it but uh at least we know for better or worse
2: what he's doing we will be right back with the deep cuts Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get an edge in your fantasy league with player rankings, projections, tiers, and alerts for players on your team or who you are eyeing up on the waiver wire by signing up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. And do it at a discount. Use the promo code GOOD10 and get 10% off your annual subscription. That is GOOD10 for 10% off NBC Sports Edge Plus. The NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, as you covered, with Sunday Night Seven, predict what will happen between the Titans and Rams on Sunday night for a chance to win up to one hundred thousand dollars. It is free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com/slash-predictor. Dagle, so we're gonna have some deep cuts this week. It's not a six-team bye week, but it's four. Uh, yeah, that's a one-eighth of the league. The names, I get the feeling, are going to be kind of crazy, even crazier than I've been conditioned to expect. Get us into the deep cuts. Well, deep leagues in week nine becomes memento. Tough scene. Post-it notes around the
1: walls, hoping (laughs) for the best. Uh, Because our old pal, Denzel Mims, popped up or a team high in routes run as a starter without Corey Davis on Sunday. Now the jets have a short turnaround. It sounds like Corey Davis is questionable right now, but overall, if men's is going to start again against the Colts, I will have no issues going back to him, especially if you need just bio week flex help pretty much against Indianapolis. Also, This past Sunday was actually the first game the Titans had every receiver available from injured reserve to shuffle in place of Julio Jones as they tried to mix and match for him. And they pretty much just went straight up with Marcus Johnson from two wide sets outside of A.J. Brown for the second most routes in the team. And now the Titans get a friendly projected game script against the Rams that probably sets up well for Jeremy McNichols, honestly. And Marcus Johnson, since we know the Titans will have to throw to keep up with Los Angeles. Also, a reminder that before they went on by, the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller were banged up, went in with injuries. Josh Jacobs was reportedly not a serious chest injury, but we still don't know his status. And, uh, we do know that Peyton Barber was healthy scratch for that game. So I would imagine he would be active as a deep league ad if Josh Jacobs is looking doubtful for that one. Also in place of Darren Waller, it's only one answer. It's Foster Moreau who played literally every single snap and his spot start that past week for Waller earned a 17.6% target share and recorded six catches or 60 yards and a touchdown. And then finally in place of Dawson Knox looks like he's going to be out again, missing two or three weeks after hand surgery. Gabriel Davis did record a season-high 12% target share without him, but I just want to note that his role didn't change, actually. In weeks one through six, Davis ran averaged 17 routes per game, which was 35% route rate on Josh Allen's dropbacks. And this past week, he actually ran only 19 routes and 36.5% route rate on Allen's 52 dropbacks. Whereas Tommy Sweeney, ran 39 routes on Allen's 52 dropback, So it actually looks like they practically plugged Sweeney in there as the poor man's Knox and just got Gabriel Davis involved in quick passes. Really the answer is who is not a free agent in most leagues, Cole Beasley, who now has 22 targets in his last two games with Knox banged up. But overall, I think that is how it shakes out. Also a quick question in the chat from Dan Wilcom. He mentions it also is I've already written in the prelim notes in the waiver column. Yes. George Kittle is expected to return this week. At least that's what Kyle Shanahan said.
2: I've he says a looked. lot of things, but yeah, I, I, I think we can believe him. <laughs> I've,
1: already, yeah, I've already looked though, and uh, George Kittle was held tightly. I'm um, still rostered in 93% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a shallow league where someone was forced to drop him, yeah, you you bet on Kittle returning this week.
2: Just had so many stray thoughts. First, I, does Evan Silva have a Foster Moreau fathead hanging up in the Silva Manor? I, he's Not been a yet, big anyway. fan of Foster Moreau for years. I think, I think ETR in general are all uh, yeah, ETR has and Gabe Davis. I just got to rant about Gabe Davis real quick, man. Like I just wonder, was he like one of those players who was a totally finished package as a rookie and we got his floor and his ceiling all in one campaign. And there just wasn't more ceiling there. Cause like when a day three rookie forces his way on the field like that as, as a rookie, Like, I can't believe, like, as a sophomore, they don't try to, like, take the next step with Gabriel Davis, and it's just so sad and frustrating. That's true, but also remember they, of course, signed Emmanuel Sanders, who still – he actually ran the most routes
1: on the entire team. He just came up and laid an egg on four targets on Sunday. And then um, Davis, even to score a touchdown – on that lowly target share. That's basically what he was doing last year too. Um, he was true. always uber efficient. Seven touchdowns as a rookie usually means you're a great player to begin with. Uh, but someone that most likely a significant injury has to happen ahead of this year.
2: So that does it for the Waiver Wire show. I mean, go to Tennessee T- or TitansOnline.com to order your Adrian Peterson jersey. I'm not sure what number he's going to be wearing and the music city i might get a mcnichols jersey you know just to be a partisan be a contrarian maybe maybe i'll give a get a mcnichols jersey and give it to denny because you know denny is prioritizing they gotta they gotta let him have 28 right they can't (laughs) not give him 28 you would think you would think by the way marcus johnson hopefully he cleans up against the rams as like aj brown's in like hand-to-hand combat with Jalen ramsey so i really liked the marcus johnson shout out Mm -hmm. um so all right that's it for this week's waiver show Uh, For John Daigle, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll be back every day this week. John will be on almost all of those shows. He'll be back for DFS Building Blocks. It feels like it too. Yeah, it does. So, hey, halfway point of the season, man. So, thank you so much for joining us this week. Check out Waiver Wired on Tuesday. Another big week for waivers. For John, I'm Pat. Catch you guys later.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters